Welcome to the Bloom and Grow podcast, where we share stories of those who have grown through grief and break down barriers that isolate us in those challenging parts of our lives. We know that time doesn't heal, but intention does. There isn't a before and after in grief, but we grow through it. Many days more difficult than others. The weight of grief doesn't get any lighter, but we can get better at carrying it. This podcast isn't just for those going through something sad or difficult, but it's also for those who know someone who is, by sharing tips and perspectives in how to be a better support for our loved ones that are grieving. I'm your host, Liz Fidler, and thanks for blooming and growing with us. Welcome back to the Bloom and Grow with Liz Fidler podcast. Today, we are finishing up part three of our episodes about life insurance with my friend, Tony Hoagland. If you didn't listen to parts one and part two, go back and listen to those first because this is going to build on to that. Thanks. So again, I did some of these uh, questions on here that people submitted, like one was on kids. How long does it take to receive? So do you need to pay for a funeral then reimburse? So that was what someone asked. And I, I think I started answering that, but it, what our policies were and we, I mean, none of ours were like million dollars or anything like that, but I had to have a death certificate for everything, yep. including his work one. Yeah. So it took, I think once I submitted the, I did like the pre phone calls and everyone was wonderful. You don't get into that job unless you're, right. you know, you think about it, you work for a company, like they're doing it every day. That's yep. what they do every day is talk to someone on the phone and yep. whatever. And so, and they called me like every couple of weeks and they're like, we're just checking in do you have the death certificate yet? And I'm like, no. And yeah. and that was awesome for the. And they said, do you want us to keep calling? And I said, yeah. Like, it just, yeah. I don't know. Like, just keep checking in. And well, you'll forget. Like, yeah, you're, exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. And then, well, Tony, I did not forget. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> well, no, yeah. but I know what you mean. Like, yeah. it just, but yeah, it like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it was, I mean, and luckily, so actually, I do want to talk about this a little bit. And. Again, it's it's a weird thing, but so our scenario, I was able to qualify for FMLA with a medical diagnosis of grief because I had been there for exactly a year. You yep. have to be full-time for one year to qualify for FMLA, short-term disability, and I had a medical diagnosis of grief. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have gotten two days. Right. Two days of bereavement leave. Right. That's what I would have gotten. And I'm confident that my employer would have held my position. Yeah. I'm confident they would have said, yep, if you need to take a few months off, I probably would have had to pay my health insurance out of pocket. Yep, Cobra. Um, I probably, and then I wouldn't have had any income because Josh's paycheck stopped. His employer, I don't know, I don't think they deal with this shit very often, but they could write a book on how to do it right. They were yeah. so good. They called me and they're like, okay, we're going to send someone out. You got to file, you got to, you got to, um, answer some questions. And we had a joint bank account. We had a joint, all those things. So I was able to access that money, yeah. but we'll talk about this with the, with the episode with the attorney. But had we not had like a joint checking account, that no. would have been a mess. It would have been an absolute way. disaster. So they yeah. paid out his PTO. It was very heavily taxed, but they cashed out the rest of his PTO. And like he had a bonus that he was getting and they paid me that. But his paycheck stopped. Yeah. His work vehicle, they were like, well, you can either buy it or we got to come get it. And I yeah. bought it because I had a tiny Sebring car and I'm pregnant <laughs> yeah. with my second kid. Like, I, yeah. I can't have like a little sedan car. Right. I literally can't fit both my kids and my dog in my car. Right. So, sorry, Merle, you're staying home. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I literally needed a bigger car because <laughs> couldn't fit my family. So they let me like, but I, I had to do that check right away and like just figure it out. 
And then, yeah, the paycheck stopped, but then I was able to get paid at 60% short-term disability. And then, like, luckily, the PTO that he had cashed out and that, and then people were generous and they helped with, like, groceries yeah. and whatever. But four months of living expenses is a lot. Right. And when there's no paychecks coming in and there's no whatever, and it was, like, I was calling, I was calling, I, I called Stearns Electric and I said, I'm going to have money in a couple months, but I can't pay you right now. Right. And they were like, okay, that's fine. And so they just, I mean, luckily again, and, and that's probably, it's probably a rare case. It's probably, I, I bet it's not as rare as you think. Yeah. And so fun. I literally yeah. called them and I said, I know I owe you. And again, our, our electric bill in that farmhouse was $800 a month. Yeah. $800 a month because we had space heaters everywhere. So it was so freaking anyway. Anyway, it was a very inefficient home. So I called and I'm like, okay, I owe a $2,400 electric bill yeah, and I can't pay it, yeah, but I will in a couple months. The funeral home, my bills were, you know, X amount. My, I don't even know. Like the, the way that worked with the funeral home was they, you know, the, the church, the cemetery plots, the caskets, the flowers, the, the, I mean, I think the ad in the newspaper, putting the obituary in the newspaper because it was long was $1,200. Yep. It was $1,200 to put his obituary in the newspaper. Right. Just, yeah, all of those little expenses, like, Well, and a lot of the, in, in my experience, a lot of the funeral homes, the churches, those places, they will reach out to the insurance agent or to the insurance mm-hmm. company mm-hmm. and just ask, hey, was there a policy? Mm-hmm. Um, if so, how much? And they kind of go through a little list and then they, they'll, if they know there's something there, they'll wait, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, it's think of it like putting a lean on it yeah. almost, you know, yeah. like they, a couple of bills, yeah. I know I put on a credit card yep. and just didn't pay it or I paid the minimum of 25 bucks or something. And then yeah. like, I literally was accruing 18% interest on my heat bill. Right. Cause I'm like, I I can't quite like, but just give me, you know, and then I think yeah. they paused it after I did that first one. And then that's when, I don't know, it was probably you and you were like, call the electric company. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Like again, yeah. but you're not thinking straight. And so imagine, and again, people are like, that was nice. You had three months off of work to grieve. I'm like, yeah. do you know no. what I was doing? Like I was, I was, and, and mind you. Well, you had a what, one, two year old. Yeah. She just turned three. Yeah. Three. Yeah, three yeah. year olds are assholes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, they are. It's so, not the terrible twos. No, it's the terrible threes. Yeah. And yeah. so then, I mean, I, but I didn't know, I didn't know where these bills were coming from. I didn't know. I didn't even know how to log into our bank account when he died. Like, right. Oh, and I feel bad for Jeff from Wells Fargo when my mom and I walked in there because he just, I mean, his fingers were shaking as he was yeah. logging in and he's like, and he just like paused and he, he wasn't being a jerk. Like he wasn't trying to be condescending, but he goes, so let me get this straight. You have had a joint checking account for seven years and your paychecks have just gone into there and you've never once looked at a statement or a right. balance. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Right. Like, I, right. And I think that's probably more normal than you think. Like it is. So, I mean, that's one thing that we do talk I mean, about and it's more or less like, for us as the insurance agent, we tend to, it's almost an afterthought for us, but you should have a place where your spouse knows how to get into yes. and that's accounts. Of this yeah. We're all that kind of life thing. insurance. We're going to do the attorney and then we're going to do the like folders, passwords, like yeah. right. Just write down like what your monthly bills are and where they come from. Yep. Cause I didn't know. I mean, and I just literally was like, every time the mail came in, I mean, my mom sorted it, my best friend, Nikki sorted it. Like 
like she's looking yeah. and she's like, okay, well you must get your internet through Midco. Okay, you must get your and I and yeah. I never paid any of the bills, so I didn't even know. Right. And and that's the other thing. Like, it was kind of funny because I told you know Jeff from Wells Fargo. I'm like, well, Josh always said that we had two months of expenses in our checking account, and you know with COVID or whatever, we had six months of expenses in savings. In savings. So. But keep in mind, I didn't pay any of the bills. I mean, I worked yeah. my butt off. Like, I was making good money as a nurse practitioner. But I'm like, yeah. I don't know if our monthly expenses are three grand or right. 15 grand. I don't know. Like, right. I don't know right. what the bills are. <laughs> I don't pay them. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still remember when you came out and you did our insurance on the property. And I was like, that building is a hundred dollars a month to insure <laughs> yeah. i was so pissed I was like, Tony, do you know how expensive it is yeah. to live on this property i mean honestly that was a good reason why i decided like yeah well i'm paying for it anyway i'm staying here anyway might as well right. run a business off the property right. like it was almost out of spite like, yeah yep i don't know i don't know when you're like, look at the building, are you yeah. sure it's worth it? Yeah, I'm like, it's not even worth a hundred dollars. Like, don't go in there. I don't even let Vidalia play in there. Like, yeah. I don't know. We bought a farm with 18 outbuildings. And anyway, okay. What else is there to cover? A couple people asked about, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't mean to, like, ignore this question, but someone asked about, like, in the event of divorce, that type of thing. Um, I would just say, like, you know, depending on what you, I mean, Sucks, but that's good. Well, be a lot of in this, you might want to ask uh, your cousin about this because a lot of divorce decrees, especially if there's children involved, mandate life insurance. Okay. So a lot of times it'll say, you know, especially if there's child support payments and just different things like that involved with it, there's going to be some sort of, ch- of life insurance mandate inside of it. So it's still a thing in divorce where it gets really tricky is the beneficiaries because usually. I would say not all divorces are amicable and that can be really tricky to name your ex-spouse that you may not like as your beneficiary, but your divorce decree could mandate that. So um, try and not take that personal, but just understand that that's kind of a thing. I mean, then this is probably a lot more questions for the who the Who the guardian uh, of the children will be. Who the guardian be. of the children will yeah. be, what expenses it'll be. I mean, literally, I... You know, we switched things around, but originally when I did my trust, I'm like, okay, so my kids are going to go here and this person is the executor of the trust, but person raising my kids, like they're going to have some expenses too. And so like that policy... Like, all right, well, they're going to have to add on a house because now they've got, or add on to their house because now they've got two more kids. Yeah. And again, when you're... Well, and you don't want your kids to get a... Half a million dollar check when they turn eighteen. Exactly. And like, so that's the That's why you talk trust. to your cousin and yep. get all of it exactly. squared away. Yeah. Are the life insurance payouts taxable? Nope. They are not. Nope. No. Life insurance. There is certain situations where it could be taxable, but that's most likely gonna be for business owners and if a business is paying for the policy. But there's there's very few times that the life insurance proceeds are gonna be taxable. A lot of times the cash value inside it, if done properly, is also not taxable, depending on how you use it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't want this to sound like a sales pitch. I didn't want this to sound like, you know, any of that because it's, again, it's trying to get someone to spend money on something that 
you're not gonna need i mean i i was doing like i i read through some blogs i went on like i'm on a facebook group for like widows 101 yep i decided not to ask any of these people because honestly i find this is gonna sound really bad but most of the widows groups that i'm on facebook it's some bitter angry people that have no one else to reach out to besides the bitter groups on facebook and if I were to put that episode on there, like, hey, what do you guys want people to know? I'm putting together this episode. Like, I would get eaten alive. Yeah. I would be like, just be thankful you had it. Yeah. Okay. That's not helpful. And that's yeah. honestly, that's the whole point of me writing my book is like, I don't want this. I mean, it was starting out as like a shit not to say and how not to treat someone that's grieving. And I'm like, okay. Right. And then some time has passed. And obviously I'm like, well, yeah. that's not helpful. Like, right. so now, so instead of. How about what to say or what to say instead yeah. or how let's learn that to, you know, whatever. And so then I think had I reached out to people that are, you know, doing it, but one of the, so then I looked online, Googled whatever and was looking around and some of the things I found is that like, so if there's a couple, like it's going to sound weird, but people are more willing to talk about like, okay, well I pay this and like, if you have to talk about it with your spouse sometimes it's like well if i die this is how much you will get yeah. like because people are like well i don't know i'm gonna be dead i don't know where. like well, right. why do i care i'm not benefiting like yeah. why do you why do you need that much and it's huh. <laughs> yeah i mean the things we hear you hear a lot of yeah. different things like that and you we really got to try to not judge but you know there are some interesting things said oh I mean, you know and it's because it's such an uncomfortable topic mm-hmm. that people just they don't like having the conversation. Mm-hmm. And and if this conversation can help people call their insurance agent and get something in place, then that's awesome. You know? Okay, we're going to pause this episode. I want you, when I'm done talking, don't hit pause right now because you won't know what to do. But as soon as I'm done talking, I want you to hit pause and I want you to go into this episode And I would love if you would rate this show with a five-star rating because that is how podcasts are successful. The algorithm, what the, you know, wherever you listen, the platform of maybe it's Spotify, maybe it's Apple, maybe it's Amazon, they can keep track of what episodes have a lot of downloads. And that's where, you know, if some people are liking it, they assume other people are going to like it because they want people using their streaming service. So if you are enjoying this, go and rate us, please, please, please. Shows with a higher rating get pushed out more because they think, well, if these people like it, other people will like it. Plus, if you're looking for a show to listen to and you're like, oh, well, it has four two-star ratings, I don't think I'm going to do that one. But if it has a hundred five-star ratings, yeah, more likelihood of listening. So it would really mean a lot to us if you could just hit pause go and give us a rating and then come back and finish listening. Thank you so much. I obviously trust and recommend Tony with everything in me, but obviously if you already have insurance or through somewhere where you can go, like I said, I'm not going to put Tony's contact info in the thing just because we're trying to like what he's allowed to say. But if you reach out to me, send me an email, podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com, I can send you his contact info. 
Or honestly, you can Google Tony Hoagland and that'll, that usually will get you right there. <laughs> that should get that you should there. That should get you right there. Yeah. Just Google Tony Hoagland. But like where else, I mean, where do people even begin? So let's talk about that. So you have your policy through work. We've already talked about how that's probably not going to be enough. It's enough to cover the expenses. It's enough to cover the basics, but you are going to, every aspect of your life is going to change yeah. without your consent when your spouse dies. And it can change a hell of a lot more if you don't have enough coverage. So we've already covered that. But so getting it through work is not enough. So what what should someone do? Where should they go? I mean, I think the first spot you have to do is you got to talk to your spouse. Yep. Right. Like every insurance agent's going to ask you to bring your spouse in for this conversation because it is a family decision. It's a family conversation. So that's going to be the first spot that you start. I would be careful of just Googling life insurance, just like with everything in life. You're going to get a lot of opinion when Mm -hmm. you do that. So after that, reach out to your insurance agent. Uh, You can give me a call. Like, There's plenty of ways to... Mm -hmm. Your financial advisor. Your financial advisor, yeah. Whoever does your car insurance, whoever does your home insurance. Like, they're... If they don't sell it, but I think most of them probably do, right? Most, yeah. I mean, mean, unless you're with one of the 1-800 car insurance companies for lack of a better way to say it your insurance agent is going to sell it if you buy it from a local agent so i will say this too i see it all the time and i'm not gonna i gotta be really careful not to say where tony works um but or what type of place he works for again if you guys have googled him that's fine but you know people say well where's the cheapest where is the cheapest and i will say you get what you pay for Please get a local agent. That would be my <laughs> ass going. Local agent. agent. Yeah. Do you want to? I mean, yeah. for me to just have Brian's cell phone number and or yeah. you or whoever and just they're going to serve you because you're going to need it. You're going to yeah. need help. Well, and a local agent too, like in, in Liz is a perfect example of this, right? Like she wanted questions answered, but she wasn't in a spot to call Brian, yeah. right? So she said, hey, Tony, do you mind calling? Brian's going to talk to me, Mm -hmm. right? Like Brian's going to be like, hey, sounds good. I can only give you so much information, Mm -hmm. but thanks for calling. Mm -hmm. Like, and it'll be the, it would be the same way with me if one of my customers had a friend call in and said, listen, I'm an agent. Thank you so much for selling them the policy. Like, can I just give her some some sort of information on what to expect? Like you're going to get a phone call here. You're going to do that. They can walk you through the process. It's like. If you guys listen to my Sunny Mary Meadow podcast, that spring after we tore down the house, this huge storm came through and I had an awesome agent on my property that like I wasn't worried about. Like I knew it was going to happen. Like I wasn't fighting with an insurance company. Like I had an agent. I mean, back when, okay, now I don't know if I'm allowed to say, can I say you do car insurance? Yes, you can say that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to (laughs) say car insurance. Like, and again, I realize not everyone's going to be first name basis with their agent. But I was down in Arizona in 2015 <laughs> and I'm getting the rental car and Josh was like, hey, don't don't get the insurance. I'm like, OK. And I get up there and they're like, and the insurance amount is forty dollars a day. And I was like, no, I my husband told me no. And he's like, well, it's, it's the law. And I'm like, well, my husband told me it's not. And they're like, it's the law to have insurance on a rental car in Arizona. And I'm like, no, I think we're covered. And they were just like, whatever. And I was like. Fine, I'm gonna call Tony. And so I called Tony and put it on speakerphone. And Tony's like, 
nope, she's covered. And he's like, yep, if you get in an accident, you'll have to pay the deductible just like you would up here. So like, yeah. you know, whatever. But like, no, don't do that. I'm like, see? Like yeah. having an agent that you can yeah. like, and I'm not saying, I mean, most people probably aren't going to be on first name basis like that, but... You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Some of us have problems with boundaries. <laughs> Some more than others. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it's fine. You're stuck with me. Uh, yep. But I just think, you know, going, you get what you pay for. And to save five bucks a month on a premium, oh, that's $60 a year. Oh, that's yeah. 600 bucks in a decade or whatever. Well, okay, but then what happens when you need it? Like yeah. someone to walk you through that process and make sure there's another thing I want to talk about. That's like a super taboo, but we got to talk about it, but someone else submitted suicide. Yeah. So, that. cause I think there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of whatever. And like I whispered the word Abby, as you're editing this podcast, I don't know if I can even say that or if it's a, uh, I mean, seriously, when you Google that word, it's like 1-800-HELP. Like yeah. I'm worried that that's going to get us flagged to like, yeah. they're not going to, but I think, there's absolutely it should be talked about so there's typically depending on company all companies have some sort of suicide exclusion most companies it's two years so it's not it's not like there's no coverage there so if you have a loved one if you have somebody and that unfortunately happens i wouldn't panic know that there is exclusions however there's not always an exclusion, right? So for us, it's two years. So if unfortunately that happens, if the policy's longer, been with us longer than two years, we're going to cover it. Mm-hmm. I mean, a few other typical exclusions are like acts of war, you know? Now, no insurance company wants to be the insurance company that doesn't pay a life insurance benefit for a soldier. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times... There's still exclusions there, though. So if that's your situation, make sure that you at least ask those questions around what that looks like. Well, I think I get... Actually, my computer must hear me talking. I don't know. But I got an ad to, like, advertise a certain kind of life insurance in my podcast. And it was for, like, skydivers and pilots and high risk high risk and there are there are companies for that that specialize in that there are one of the questions that your local agent will usually ask you is have you been in the last six months skydiving vehicle racing a bunch of things like that or do you plan to in the next six months Mm -hmm. so the other thing is is they'll ask you if, if you plan to travel outside of the united states or canada in the next six months um, obviously there are parts of the world that are maybe a little more high risk to go, mm-hmm. you know, so that does factor into the underwriting, not as often as anybody would think, but mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, I mean, even when, yeah, Brent was filling his out and there's some policies where they'll like send a nurse to your house yep. and get, you know, whatever, like Brent's was just like checks and boxes. And I'm like, so we should touch on that real quick. So the underwriting process of a life insurance policy Usually it's going to depend on death benefits, so the amount of insurance that you're buying. And a good example, our company, $500,000, less than that. And depending on your age, you may not have a physical, but you're usually always going to have two things, a prescription drug check, which, believe it or not, that can be checked. The minute you sign the application, you provide consent 
for that check. Think of it just like them checking your driving record. Like all that stuff is somewhere and we get that information. If there's red flags on that, they may then schedule a physical. And then the second piece that's going to happen on all of them is an interview. So you'll do an interview with your agent, but you'll usually do a second interview with a third party. And then based on those first two things, the prescription drug check and the interview, you may or may not have a physical. So That happened significantly more often than I wish as a nurse practitioner. Yeah. I got my butt chewed by patients yeah. for documenting their blood pressure. Yeah. Or they would just refuse to get checked. Yeah. Or... Again, like I recommended that they go on an antihypertensive med to save their kidneys and not yeah. end up on dialysis in 20 years. Yep. And they're like, well, no, because then I won't, like, let me just get my life insurance policy first. And I'm like, well, yeah. Well, so and even so, even so, now that stuff. Fraud. Like, I mean, all those little yeah. things. But again, that's why you get it when you're young. <laughs> so yeah. And you'll get coverage. You'll get probably. coverage. And we, we care more about stuff that's undiagnosed, untreated. So if you're like, you know, hey, I didn't want to get the colonoscopy when I was 45. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be a red flag. We're probably, we might not offer you a policy because you're not willing to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas if you get the colonoscopy, they find an issue and you're treated for it for three years. Maybe after three years, we don't care about it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so either the the extra it's premium that you're on, paying falls off or we can re-underrate it's you. It's all based on data, on yep. statistics, on whatever. It's actuaries. Um, so I think, honestly, when I, when I know that this is a really super sensitive topic, like I don't care about the... You know, in the words of Taylor Swift, the Chads, the Brads, the Dads, the whatever, like, the neighbors down the road that are like, oh, my God, do that math on so much shit. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Because, yeah. like I said, if this helps someone get insurance. But I, I do want to point out that I know that there are a lot of people that listen to my podcast that have lost a spouse, that have lost a child. And yeah. I do want to make sure that we point out that I'm not trying to make you feel bad for not having had a policy. I'm no. not trying to say, haha, look at me. I had one and you didn't. You're dumb. Like that is not the intention of this episode. So I know that that can be such a sensitive topic, but I will say any widows and I've gotten to know a ton of widows since Josh passed away. Yeah. And it is something that we've brought up, like that we've talked about and not a single one has been mad that I was protected in the way I was or they didn't because me not having it wouldn't let them have it or right. you know whatever like none of us even even if it's some you know I wouldn't wish this type of loss on the biggest jerk in the world right and so no matter what there would never be a circumstance where I wouldn't want you to protect that for your children for your children to not have to uproot their entire lives the home that they know Right. Because mom can't afford to stay there anymore because dad died. Right. Like, I, I would not wish that on anyone. So I do think it's important to say that. Like, as we're talking about, we keep saying Josh was smart, Josh was smart. <laughs> I know I'm not saying anyone else was dumb, but sometimes that can come across as by yeah. comparison. Like, in this world of, like, disclaimers and if anything I said came off as hurtful or unintentional. But it's, I think it's it's such a hard conversation and it's made me look at my coverage and my planning for if something were to happen to me. Yeah. Well, and what I would say too, I mean, this for you, cause I know you more, but all widows, like I personally take inspiration from what Liz is doing, like the podcasts, the farm, all of that stuff. 
as a business owner, it inspires me to do more because of what Liz does. And I can't thank her enough for that. How she's responded to the loss is very inspiring. She might not feel that way all the time, but it's definitely inspiring. I just think as overall, like don't look back and beat yourself up, right? Like look forward, like what can you do? And Liz is a great inspiration for that side of it, right? Like she could have handled things way differently. Instead, she's got a podcast, coaching, a farm, all of these great things. And as a friend of Josh's, to see Josh's legacy live on that way is an extremely cool thing. And I think I speak for all of Josh's friends that it's really, really inspiring and it's awesome what you're doing because Josh's legacy will live on, you know, more than he probably even dreamed it would have. So. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, I just, if there's one takeaway from this, it's let us control that hard conversation. Yep. Just push play, play it for that person, make them listen to it, put yep. it in the car. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm and ask that. more questions. Yeah. Like we can, questions. yeah. Like, this is probably going to put into, get split up into three episodes and you know, <laughs> we're just going to hold you hostage and that's fine. <laughs> But there's so much to talk about. And there is, so there's no right or wrong answer. There's no, well, no, there is a right or wrong answer. Yeah. (laughs) The wrong answer is to not get it. Right. But as far as like amounts and coverage, like it is going to be so unique to your situation. I, I have a very, very expensive cost of living with living on this farm. Yeah. Maintaining this property. I have a 40 acre property in a very nice school district with 18 outbuildings and my utilities are high and like i i have a i have a high cost of living because of this property again and that's that's just a fact um and so you know if you if you already live in an apartment and you plan on renting forever and you just or or maybe you have access to other funds or maybe you you know whatever it might be but yeah you know just knowing what your monthly expenses are and you know i i guess that would be a good place to start if if you literally look at what your expenses yep. are and if your spouse died all right what are you cutting out yep what are you cutting out of your monthly expenses when instead you can just cut out going to caribou or starbucks correct twice a week and that yes. probably covers your policy yeah so exactly. would you rather cut out the starbucks or would you rather cut out a whole entire income yeah like, exactly like yeah. if that i mean so i guess yeah, that's a good place to, I think, just leave you with that thought is maybe you make 80% of the income and your spouse only makes 20%. Yeah. Well, then you're not cutting out 20% of your expenses. Like right. what things in your budget line, and I, I'm pretty sure most people that listen to my podcast live pretty normal lives. They yeah. maybe splurge on a vacation once a year. They yeah. have their kids in activities. They, I mean, that's what they're, that's where most of their discretionary income comes from. And yeah. if you don't have that coverage, if you don't have that replacement, what are you going to cut out in addition? And no amount of money is going to bring that person back. No amount of money is going to soften the blow. But if it reduces the stress that's added in addition to the loss, then that peace of mind is worth it. 100%. And if there's questions or thoughts, I'm willing to do it again. So okay. you sounds good. just let me know. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Bloom and Grow with Liz Fiddler podcast. You can find us at bloomandgrow.llc on Instagram and Bloom and Grow with Liz Fiddler on Facebook. 
We're always looking for stories of those who have gone through the trenches of grief and found a way to keep blooming and growing through it. So if you have an idea for an episode, please send us an email, liz at sunnymarymeadow.com and tell us what you think. You can also go to our website, www.bloomandgrowwithliz.com and sign up for our email list. You'll find all of that information in the episode notes. Thanks for being here. Bloom and grow. Bloom and grow.